Hi, I'm Johnny Pollard and welcome to episode 7 of the One Giant Mind podcast. In the previous episode, a dear friend of mine, Andrea Stern and I explored what it means to be a leader. While we covered a lot of ground conceptually, what we didn't really get into is what does it look like? How do we actually practice this, embody the principles that we explored? So in this episode, we're going to get right into it. So, Donna, you've articulated a really beautiful meaning uh, to leadership. But to practice this form of leadership that you're talking about, how, how does one practice this and stay in touch with its purest form? How do we know um, when we haven't crossed a line? Um, in some way with uh, been influenced, been distorted. Um, how do we check in with ourselves? Hmm. What it would, does that? Yes, that makes sense. Each of us are imbued with a desire. And that desire in any given moment is expressive of an innate intelligence that just is within us. One of the extraordinary things about our humanness is revealed in our state of being, and this is why we call ourselves human beings. Within our human beingness is a spontaneous expression, a desire to want to participate, to connect. When we fall still with inside of ourselves, one of the first things that we notice is that we can become aware of the fact that we exist. Sounds like a pretty obvious thing, right? But it's something that we seldom do is actually reflect innocently on our existence. And in our existence, we notice our personal experience relative to that which we're in relationship with, the chair we might be sitting on, the room that we might be sitting in, the person we might be sitting across from. We go, oh, I'm a, an individual. There is an innate sense of individuality within our experience of existence. No one's going to really refute this, right? And then in this state of innocent awareness of our existence, of our individuality, if we're still enough, we'll become aware of the fact that there is an impulse that pumps through us that causes us to desire a particular type of experience, a preference. We are preferential beings, right? I feel like doing this. I feel like I want that. This is something very fascinating. What is that? Who's determining this impulse that's leading our preferences? Let's call this uh, natural, spontaneous expression, for the purpose of this discourse, our innate creative intelligence or creative desire. That's probably the most poignant way, the most practical way to describe it. We have creative desires, and what I mean by creative is that as it arises in us, 
we have a compulsion to want to be expressive of it in a particular way that enables us to create a new experience that's different from the previous, that for informs us a little bit more of who we are and how we're growing and what our relationship is to this thing that we're identifying as existence. So what I'm doing here is I'm, I'm describing the, the dynamic internal infrastructure that defines the human experience in its most simplest form. Right? No one's going to really argue that this is actually what's taking place. Some might go, yeah, but what about that incessant, <laughs> unrelenting commentary inside my head that is constantly interfering and negating with that and trivializing my desire to want to express something? How do I, how do I negotiate that? <laughs> so what I've done is I've just created a little a, a little framework for us to explore the practice of how to show up in a leadership position, as I described, to reiterate, somebody who recognizes their innate power. It's just by nature that we have it. And when I say power, I'm referring to the natural influence that we all have by virtue of just existing. Whether you like it or not, you're influencing this moment. When you look at me, you're influencing me. When I look at you, I'm influencing you. We are informing each other of who we are and who we are not. We are creating something. The thing that's being created is like a third thing that is happening between us. It is the relationship dynamic. We are influencing each other. And I'm defining this, the role that you play in any relationship dynamic, which is always taking place, by the way. It's never not. Even when you're by yourself, you're in relationship with yourself. You're in relationship with the room. You're in relationship with your preferences. You're in relationship with what you don't want, what you're in battle with. There's relationship constantly taking place. So there is always this third entity that is between you and the thing you're in relationship with. I call that third thing the, the, the manifestation, the creation of what it is the relationship causes. And so this process of creation through relationship is always taking place. So leadership is somebody who recognizes that in every moment uh, there is something that you are creating. What is it? And to what extent are you taking responsibility for that? To what extent are you insisting that the thing or the person that you're in relationship with take greater responsibility than you. And this is where we start handing our power away. It's your fault. It's you. You need to change. I'm not going to change. I'm powerless here. You're the one with all the power. Change and make me feel good. It's your responsibility. <laughs> now, this is a very simplified characterization 
of a dynamic that permeates our culture and dictates and sustains the current paradigm of leadership that we fund. Vote in somebody, give them all our power, and hope to God they do something good with it. <laughs> and when you understand that in every moment you are creating something by virtue of your power through your innate position of leadership, when you understand that, the prospect of one individual or even a small group of individuals being handed power to determine the will of the people is really quite ludicrous. And we've forgotten that we as individuals have a responsibility to recognize the role we play in what's happening here in the world. Okay, so, I, Andrea, I've, I've, I've just kind of created a, a, a framework by which I can um, share a, a really simple way of practicing leadership. In any given moment, we're either connected to that impulsive creative desire and feel free to express it. In those moments that you have that connection with that experience, to what extent are you aware of how you're offering it to whomever you're interacting with or whatever you're interacting with, with an awareness that you have a responsibility to ensure that your expression of that energy serves the greater good. Because we all belong to one thing that is in a perpetual cycle of relationship. It has no beginning, it has no end. It's like the ocean. Where does an ocean begin and where does it end? It doesn't. It's all one thing. It's just moving within itself, activity within itself. Humanity is like that. We are activity, moving within ourselves. Power doesn't begin and stop somewhere. Leadership doesn't begin and stop somewhere. It is an inherent principle within our humanity. Just as waves are an inherent principle in the ocean, just as currents are inherent principles, qualities, features of the ocean, the principle or the quality, the experience of leading through our influence that contributes to what the outcome is of any relationship. This is leadership. It's inherent, inescapable, always there. So the question is, how do we know when we've stepped out of that? When we lose the awareness or the connection to that flow of creative desire that naturally wants to move towards everything that we encounter. When it starts to dry up and get a little... That anxiety, the, the fluidity of creativity, joy, love becomes overshadowed by a stormy mind of doubt, uncertainty, disappointment, despondency, 
control. Well, then control kicks in. As a survival mode, we, bec we, we become disappointed. We may attempt to cause reconnection. If we fail, then we panic. And then we adopt either a mode of submission and we conform to mediocrity. We live a, 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 com a compromised existence. We play it safe, which is actually the most unsafe place to be. Or we go into control mode where we enforce our will. We kind of, it's like trying to squeeze toothpaste out of a, 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 a container that doesn't have the lid off it. It's like, it's like, no, all you need to do is just screw the lid off. But no, we'll insist on just squeezing that tube as hard as we can with the hope that the thing will go pop and we'll get some toothpaste out. And if we keep squeezing hard enough, it will go pop. But what happens? Toothpaste goes everywhere. <laughs> we make a big old mess. We don't get the, 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 the nice little bit we need. And in one hard squeeze, it all goes everywhere, and we'll get enough for to brush our teeth for that night. But we've got no toothpaste for tomorrow because it's all over the bathroom floor that we had to clean up. This is a great analogy for the way in which we exert our energy. In what happens when we try to force life to happen? We squeeze ourselves so hard to make one thing happen, believing that that thing is the thing that's going to provide us with fulfillment. We abandon the we abandon the present moment to reflect for a second and go, okay, my nature is intelligent. I have within me the capacity to reorientate myself, <laughs> connect with the instrument of my fulfillment, which is my heart. The instrument of your fulfillment is your heart. When we allow our attention to move into our heart, then the heart, when it fills with love, it acquires the mind. The mind, absent of love, is a chaotic, dominating, incoherent, unreliable source of information <laughs> that'll lead you astray. Certainly won't lead you to the water when you're thirsty. And so the practice is making priority, return to center, here, now, feel. Take full responsibility for the role that you play as a leader being in relationship with the present moment. Because the present moment is a thing that you are in relationship with. There is a third thing being created, and that is your reality. <laughs> your reality is the byproduct between you and the relationship to the present moment. To what extent are you open, present, aware, receiving and contributing for the good of it? Unconditionally. Meaning... You don't require something of it in order to serve it. Power. Because the second we become conditional in our leadership, 
meaning the second that we become conditional and our willingness to be present in our heart, loving, we're only selling ourselves short. We're handing over our power. And this is what we're doing constantly from the belief that some individual or something outside of ourselves has greater power than us. Now, when we look at our political situation, this is a confronting way to view things. Because we're like, oh, goodness. You mean I have to take responsibility here? But how does that translate to changing the world? Well, it's the only way that we are going to change the world. And in our pursuit for change, we have to accept that the current condition, the current climate has been created over a very long period of time. And it's not going to change overnight. What it requires is a consolidated effort of sincere, loving hearts committing to themselves in the present moment, regardless of the perceivable progress that we, we may or may not be making as a result of our commitment to ourselves, but doing it unconditionally, doing it with no absolute need for a specific outcome, but doing it because there's nothing else to do but to serve. And so how do we know we've violated that? When we find ourselves blaming. The simplest way to determine whether you've stepped out of your power is when you notice yourself blaming something, even yourself. <laughs> blaming yourself is still something. You are in relationship with yourself because that blame creates a reality. What's the third thing you're creating? A reality that reinforces a belief that there is something other than your true will that holds the power to determine the outcome of this moment. And so what is incumbent on us if we desire to live a fulfilling life is to recognize that our power is constant and only requires that we commit to establishing an intimate relationship with that place sensorily, the feeling of that creative desire and dedicating ourselves to nurturing the expression of that and becoming acutely aware when that expression becomes hijacked by fear, doubt, insecurity, and the defensiveness of blame and the abandonment of responsibility. And this is, uh, this is like it. If we get this, we will change the game. Because what it means is it shifts our attention away from the drama of politics, which is by its very nature divisive. The very nature of politics requires opposing sides, views, perspectives. It's inherent within its structure. And the only way that we'll ever be able to utilize politics to cause social change is when we humanize it. I'm not saying that politics is bad or politicians are, the, the role of a politician is bad. When it's absent of true leadership, as I just described it, 
it becomes a very confusing, disorientating, destructive influence in our lives. <laughs> What's to do about it? Reclaim your power. Reclaim the power of your humanity. Learn what it means to sustain the experience of love in your heart for all things. That's our challenge. What I'd like you to reflect on after listening to this conversation is this notion that leadership and personal power isn't something that is appointed to us outside of us. It is something that is inherently within us. And for us to experience the full extent of our power and our capacity to influence the world in some meaningful way, we must claim it. We must self-appoint our own position of leadership, understanding that what leadership is, is the way in which we bring ourselves to any relationship in any given moment, whereby we are aware of the fact that we are influencing everyone and everything. And that within that, we have a responsibility to bring our highest qualities into that dynamic and strive to bring some sort of elevation whereby everybody feels empowered, connected, and capable of belonging to something that we share value in. Big thank you to our show producer, Trevor Exter, Sean Tomlin, music composition by Ali Lieberman, and thank you again, Andrea Stern, for such a wonderful conversation. And a shout out to all the gang at One Giant Mind. If in this episode you felt inspired to want to learn meditation, there's two really great ways that we can recommend. Right now, you can download the One Giant Mind app and learn with our 12 step course. But the most potent way to learn is with a teacher. We recommend that you go to the One Giant Mind website, onegiantmind.com, that's the numerical one, giantmind.com, and search out one of our certified teachers. Now, if you're feeling called to become a meditation teacher, be sure to check out the One Giant Mind Meditation Teacher Training Academy. More than ever, we need expertly trained teachers to step out into the world to meet the demand of the growing number of people seeking a simple and effective way to learn how to practice meditation. We hope that you can join us for the next episode.